1: We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right, sell your car the instant way and get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Well, the first leg of the Champions League is wrapped up this morning with Liverpool firmly in control. They're continuing their recent run of form with a 2-0 win over Villarreal. Uh, They might uh, have already forgotten what defeat tastes like, having not been in the losing column since March the 9th. Believe that or not, March the 9th, with all the football they play. Meanwhile, uh, Manchester City got up 4-3 in a thriller yesterday against Real Madrid. And uh, whilst Manchester United are nowhere to be seen, uh, Ricardo Ball has come out of hiding. And has gracefully agreed to uh, join us this morning to, to discuss other matters in football. Uh, Ricardo, good morning to you. Um, good morning, Smitty. Your your, your, your crosstown friends, uh, City. Yesterday, uh, what a match that was to kick off uh, the the, uh, the semi-finals.
0: Yes, yeah, it was a, it was an absolute stonker. I mean, it's not often that you get seven goals in a semi-final, and we've got a second leg of it to come, Smitty, over in Madrid. Um, so yeah, it's far from done. And I think Pep Guardiola will be uh, kicking himself a wee bit because City, three different times, led by two goals in this tie. They were 2-0 up, they were 3-1 up, and they were 4-2 up. And they let Real Madrid back into it again and again and again. And uh, that could come back to haunt them because you know, we've seen already uh, this season in the Champions League that Real Madrid at home are a bit of a different prospect. And then Karim Benzema, uh, they're calling him Karim the Dream over in, over in Spain. <laughs> Uh, they have a, a very special player. I mean, we saw what he did in the return league against PSG to knock PSG out. I mean, PSG had a three-one lead, went to Madrid with Mbappe and Neymar at all, and and uh, you know they they end up getting turned over by by Real Madrid, and Real Madrid went through off the back of uh, a Benzema hat trick. So yeah, all to be done, but what a great game that was. I mean, it was a real adver- uh, great advert for. Uh, Champions League football. It was end to end. You had all the big players playing. Kevin De Bruyne was absolutely on fire, as was Benzema, as we mentioned. So, you know, a, a fantastic game of football. Uh, really enjoyed that one. Didn't have a horse in the race, and uh, just just watched, sat back, and, and and enjoyed the the attacking flair and football that was on show.
1: This morning, of course, uh, Liverpool backed up that uh, to reinforce, I guess, the power of the EPL. Um, with uh, a tuna win over a team that you 've been uh, pretty pretty hot on actually uh, Villarreal this morning uh, the, so this Cinderella story may be coming to an end. Uh, what did you make of the commentary of that game first up now that you 're uh, an experienced commentator of course Yeah. You know, now that, <laughs> well I mean, well you 've set the standard
0: <laughs> Smithy I mean I, you know what it 's like you've you 've commentated many games of cricket and many games of rugby. Um and most of those games have involved New Zealand. Um and you but you know that when you're doing the commentary, well, you know, the majority of your audience is New Zealand oftentimes that commentary has beamed out around the world and you have to have some semblance of impartiality. You have to call both teams. But uh yeah, no, I, I must say I was reasonably vocal on social media this morning about um the yeah, the absolute uh uh, carnage that was Steve McManaman and Peter Drury trying to commentate uh, Liverpool versus Villarreal. it was almost like there was only one team playing Smithy and as I put it, uh, maybe Kleenex should have sponsored that commentary call because um <laughs> yeah it was it, it certainly came across like that, and uh yeah which is a real pity because um you know, I think Villarreal, as you mentioned, you know, I mean, they've knocked Juventus out, they've knocked Bayern Munich out. They're a team to be reckoned with, but uh, yeah, they just they didn't get much in the way of respect or much in the way of a nod uh, from the from the commentary team today. But I mean, that said, you know, Liverpool played most of the football. Um, Villarreal, what they've done this season in the Champions League, how they've got past the Juve's and the Bayern Munich is they've set up uh, a stall which makes them very hard to break down and they did that today against Liverpool and you know, at half-time you thought it might actually work. Um, the thing that Liverpool do really well is they get, in, they get players in behind you. They use their pace to get in behind your full-backs or between the gap between your full-back and your, and, and your centre-back. Uh, and they use, you know, Alexander Arnold, Robertson, Salah, uh, Mane in those positions, and they they use their pace to get him behind and then cut balls back to a deep lying nine like a Firmino or, or a Jota or some of their midfielders coming forward, um, and that's how they've scored a lot of their goals this season. But what Villarreal did was they sat so deep, they sat their block so deep that there was no room behind for those players to run into, and it was it's a tactic that's worked against Liverpool in the past. Uh, and that, that they then have to play around the front of your defence. And, uh, you know, I think Thiago Alcantara um, has been a big part of how Liverpool have tried to solve that problem. He was a key signing in that front because he's the kind of guy that can make a pass, that can unlock a, uh, a defence. And uh, that's what we saw in the second half. Um, they, they ended up managing to draw Villarreal out a bit more. Uh, the first goal was, uh, you'd say it was lucky, but, uh, you know, Jordan Henderson hit a cross that was partially blocked and that spun over the goalkeeper's head so it was an own goal uh, but that meant that Villarreal then had to think about coming out and trying to play a bit more football and uh, when that happened Liverpool got in behind them uh, and, and and scored a second goal but uh, you know I mean if you look at Villarreal the way they beat Bayern Munich they only had three shots on target that entire tie, you know over 180 minutes and they went through uh, because they defended so well and then hit on the break but I think going back to Spain, uh, that's not going to work against Liverpool. They're going to have to be on the front foot, which is not their game plan. It's not their style. And I, I think if they do that, Liverpool will pick them off and probably win by three or four over in Spain. And I think this tie is pretty much as good as put to bed.
1: OK, interesting. Uh, also put to bed is, uh, I think it's fair to say, that um, they've told the engraver not to pop around this year. Uh, Manchester United and uh, put the Silva back firmly in the back of the um, uh, the cabinet, so I, I don't think they'll be using that again this year. But what they have done is announced at last uh, the takeover manager, and Eric Hang.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you'll enjoy this, Smithy. I did see a uh, a football pundit that I follow in the UK closely uh, suggest, uh, you know, that Manchester United um, need something to to change things around, and apparently, apparently, they need a hug. The question is, is ten hugs enough? Um, to turn them around from where they are. And that's a a, a great question. Um, I I think uh, it's going to be a reset and it's going to be a rebuild. Um, You know, I mean, uh, Ralph Raniak, the thing that he has done, he's gone in and looked at the club from top to bottom and said, well, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. There are players he needs out the door. He said that there there is uh, dressing room fractures. There are players that think they're bigger than the club. Uh, and there there are all these issues. I mean, he's suggested they need as many as 10 players. I know that uh, in the off-season, United uh, will definitely lose Nemanja Matic. He's gone. Paul Pogba is gone. Edison Cavani is gone. Jesse Lingard will go as well, Um, and uh, there'll be a couple of others. So I think there's five or six out of contract, um, and they've already intimated that Eric Bailly, Phil Jones, Aaron Wan-Bissaka... Uh, will all be put up for sale, uh, Anthony Martial as well. So um, there's a lot of work to be done there by Ten Hag, and I don't think it's going to be you know, a one-season wonder. And United aren't certainly going to be challenging for the trophy uh, next season. I think it's going to take some time. I think he's probably the best appointment, um, and it'll be interesting to see who he looks at bringing in. Of course, it's United, and the talk is there's £150 million for him to spend on players. Uh, and he's looking at a few options at the moment. There's a couple of free uh, free transfers as well, and uh, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he gets, who stays, uh, and and who comes in. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of players that I'm interested to see how how they go. One is Christian Eriksen, who you know the former Tottenham player who used to play at Ajax. Uh, he's on a short-term contract at Brentford to the end of the season, where he's been linked because he knows Ten Hag and 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 the way Ten Hag likes to play, and he wants to bring him in. Um, so he's one to look at uh, there'll, be, there'll be more obviously um, and the big question mark now for, uh, for me is what happens with Cristiano Ronaldo he's got one year left on his contract and the reports suggest that Ten Hag doesn't think that he fits what he wants to do uh, so there won't be a place for him next year
1: Wow that would be an interesting um, release I, I would imagine a year early too hey there's some uh, significant games now in, in terms of the EPL at both ends of the table um, and around yeah. that top four spot as well. So just uh, Man City and Liverpool, uh, 80 points, 79 points respectively, with five games left this weekend. Uh, Newcastle, uh, Liverpool and Leeds City. So both away games for Liverpool and Man City, but, but very winnable games, clearly.
0: Yeah, they are winnable games. Although, you know, you, I mean, City, it's tough at this time of year because if, you, if you're going to Leeds, you know, Leeds really now with the way that... Um, Burnley have picked up some points. All of a sudden, they've dragged Leeds back into potentially a relegation battle. So Leeds are going to need some points. Um, so it'll be, its always tough when you go to a team that's desperate and needs something. So there is that. And then also on the Liverpool side of things, you know, they go to Newcastle, who under Eddie Howe are unbeaten in six games at St James's Park. Um, they've really put together a run of form as well. So I don't know that this will be as straightforward. As it looks, I think there's definitely a potential for an upset this weekend in both of those games. Um, I, I would expect, I mean, I wouldn't bet on the upset in either of them, but I think there's definitely a prospect that it's not going to be as straightforward as, as, as potentially we think.
1: OK, Newcastle have romped, clear of uh, the relegation zone, there's no doubt about that. Uh, so Burnley 31 points, Everton 29 points, uh, five games left for Burnley, six games left for Everton. And Watford and Norwich, I think we can certainly consign them to the uh, championship next year. So games are there uh, over the weekend which are interesting. Watford versus Burnley, probably the most interesting one.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, Watford have now lost 10 games straight at home, um, which is a, an awful record uh, at any stage and in any league. So, you know, you've got to think that Burnley... Uh, they pulled the trigger on Sean Dyche, uh, they put the reserve coach in charge, and since he's been in charge they've had two wins and a draw. Um, so what looked like a very risky manoeuvre, it looks like it might have paid off, and given the form that Burnley are in, the confidence they have, and, and where Watford are, you'd have to say that Burnley win this weekend. Um, and, you know, that three points could be key, um, especially if Leeds don't win. That'll mean that Leeds are pulled right back into it. And I think Burnley will go over the top of Leeds if Leeds lose this weekend to Manchester City. So uh, a massive game this weekend for Burnley uh, at Vicarage Road. And, you know, you've got to think, based on everything we've seen the last three weeks, that Burnley win that one.
1: Tottenham, Leicester, West Ham, Arsenal around that uh, top four spot. Uh, London derby, West Ham, Arsenal—always fierce
0: rivals. Yes, yeah, they are massive rivals. Um, the the complicating factor here for West Ham and David Moyes is it's a balancing act because they're in the Europa League semi-finals. They have uh, tomorrow morning got the first leg of those semi-finals, and remember, Smithy, that if you win the Europa League, you get a Champions League spot next season. So uh, David Moyes and his team will be very focused on that semi-final. Uh, and I think that that potentially could be the difference here because it could let Arsenal uh, in the in the back door, if you like, um, because they'll, you know, they'll be geared to winning that semi-final. There might not be the players available um, for this weekend against Arsenal. He might rest a couple because Arsenal don't have a midweek game, so they'll be a lot fresher. So I think uh, this is a game where Arsenal should win it. And if they win that, uh, I think it really puts them in the driver's seat. I know they still have to play Tottenham, there's still a, that North London derby is still to come, but it, it really does put them in the driver's seat uh, for fourth place and Champions League football next season because Tottenham, Leicester, I can, I mean, the way Tottenham have been going, they're, they're so hot and cold, and now there's talk. Uh, that Pochettino is going to get sacked by PSG shortly, and that they want Antonio Conte. And Conte's already got, you know, by the looks of it, one eye on, on where he's going next. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Tottenham, Leicester end up a draw and Arsenal pull further clear and fourth.
1: What was the uh, Eden Park experience like for you with the Phoenix? Getting up 1-0 was a great result to head back to Australia on, but uh, overall...
0: I uh, it was funny, I mean, from a commentary point of view, from, as you mentioned earlier, it's my first uh, crack at commentary, and luckily I had uh, Chris Milicic alongside me, who's done plenty of commentary in the past, uh, co-coms, and, and so that was good, but uh, yeah, it it was a scrappy game, Smithy. it was a tough game to commentate, actually, because, you know, you try to get your flow going, you try to talk about what's happening on the field, Uh, But pretty much every two passes, the ball got turned over. So it was a very choppy game. It was was quite tough to call on that that front. It certainly wasn't a beautiful game. It wasn't a great spectacle. But you know, at this time of the season, if you get a Phoenix, it's just about getting three points and bouncing back from the result the week before against the Central Coast Mariners. A really important time to get three points as well. I think uh, if they get another three points in the last three games, the Phoenix will guarantee top six. They won't be able to be caught by the teams that are outside the six. Those games are the Vic, uh, Melbourne Victory on Friday, and then Western Sydney Wanderers again over in Sydney, and then Melbourne City, the league leaders for the last in the last round. So uh, two very tough games and one winnable game against West Sydney Wanderers. So I'd imagine that's where the focus will be. Uh, but yeah, this game on the weekend, uh, you know, we had everything. We had sunshine. We had a southerly. We had uh, pelting rain. Um, we had Mark Rudan getting sent off on the sideline for comments to the fourth official. And, uh, you know, the Phoenix running out 1-0 winners. And I talked to Scott Wooten, uh, the centre-back uh, for the Phoenix, yesterday. And it looks like Gary Hooper will probably be available on Friday, uh, which would be great. I mean, he's the best striker the Phoenix have got, and he's been out for a lot of the season with injuries. So uh, it'd be good if they can get him back in the squad just in time for that run into the playoffs.
1: Let's hope so, Ricardo. Let's hope so. Uh, as always, mate, thank you very much for your input and uh, our update on the, the leagues around the world. And we look forward to uh, Manchester United-Chelsea uh, coming up uh, in the next 24 hours as well uh, as those games at the weekend. Cheers, mate. Thank you.
0: No worries, When You go well, but When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it.